The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome one and all to the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and on Simul Radio TV. If you would like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And uh, for all the programming we have available for you 24-7-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel listing on Simul TV, go to simultv.com. And in the search engine, just type in X-Zone. My guest this hour is Paul Rogers, and he is a psychic medium. He became aware of his abilities eight months after he had a coronary triple artery bypass in June 2003. An angel visited him, explaining that he would be able to communicate with spirits. He and others from the spirit world would come to Paul at uh, proper intervals and teach him how to open up as a medium. They would also send him someone from the physical world to train him. Now, in April 2004, Paul met renowned psychic medium Peter James on board the Queen Mary, and they started up a friendship that would last until his death in July 2007. He also became uh, one of Paul's mentors, and to this very day, he he utilizes his teachings, especially during ghost investigations. Joining me now is Paul Rogers. And Paul, welcome back to the X-Zone. Hi, Rob. Thank you for having me on again. It's a great pleasure having you. What have you been up to since you and I last talked? Oh, gee, lots of stuff. Can you give us some examples? Lots, lots of stuff. Um, I'm still been out investigating ghosts uh-huh. in uh, houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just a few months ago, I finished my uh, third book that I wrote. Wow. So I did that. And what what is the title of your last book? Uh, well, my first book was When Shadows Are Not Shadows at All. Right. My second one is When Shadows Are Not Shadows at All, the next chapter. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different type of 
paranormal book. Right. See, in, uh, from 1980 to 1990, I was a paramedic, a mm-hmm. field paramedic. And during that time, um, I had a lot of things that happened to me, and I was always wondering, gee, if somebody must be watching over me. And in this book, I have several paramedic stories about how things were getting out of hand, but something would always come along and uh, pull me out of it. Like at one time, I went on a shooting on uh, 4th of July, mm-hmm. and uh, after we brought up the patient on the gurney, we were leaving, somebody started shooting at us. I could literally hear the bullets going right over my head. So my partner and I, we just ducked and ran with the patient, threw him in the ambulance, mm-hmm. and just went to the hospital. There's several stories like that in there. Uh, uh, okay, but, but um, well, I, I see. Um, but when it comes to paranormal investigations that you've done, how did you get started as a paranormal investigator? It was actually Peter who got me started in it. When I first started uh, opening up as a medium, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I made the mistake of going on the internet and looking up uh, any type of book that would help me learn how to open up. And of course, you get like a million hits. Yeah. So uh, a little while after that, I met Peter on the Queen Mary, you know, when he used to do his dinnertime tour. Mm-hmm. We hit it off, became really close friends. I used to work uh, near downtown L.A., and he lived in West Hollywood. And I used to work till 10 p.m. And when I was done, I'd drive over to his apartment, and we'd have a lesson. He was only about 10 minutes away from me. What kind of things did Peter teach you? Um, he taught me how to open up and how to feel spirits that are in the room. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, ghosts that are in the room. Right. Whether they're good or bad. He also taught me that... If it's a bad ghost, don't be afraid of them. Never be afraid of the ghosts because they really can't do anything to you. Now, um, something I, I just want to, uh, to ask you a question. You, you made, a, you made a, a distinct difference between a ghost and a spirit. Why? Yes. Um, Peter taught me that they're, they're both different. The spirit is somebody who has passed away and has crossed over into heaven, mm-hmm. has the ability to come back and forth and, you know, check on the relatives or whoever. While a ghost, when they die, they remain in the area they want to stay, you know, like their house or a building or whatever. They refuse to cross over. So are they doomed to stay on this side of the, of the veil? Some are, some aren't. Children are, you know, they're kind of lost after they pass away. They Mm -hmm. don't know what they're doing and where they're at, so they wander around. I've helped many, many, many children uh, cross over that were lost. A lot of times my angels or my spirit guide will bring them to me at my house, and I'll help the kids cross over. That way they can be with, you know, their parents or relatives or whatever. Right. And then there's also ghosts that, that... just refuse to go because of their addictions or they're just afraid of, you know, God, hell's fire, whatever. Okay, so when your angels or guides bring a child and spirit to your house, how do you help them to cross over? 
Um, I use angels to cross ghosts over. This is something I developed on my own. <clears throat> I have one angel who I call Michael. He's the one who's uh, specially trained to help children cross over because children are are more um, sensitive. Mm-hmm. It can be more um, afraid of what's going on. So Michael takes them and helps them cross over, you might say, that little bridge over to the other side and helps find them and reunite the children with their parents. But what happens if the parents haven't died yet and the parents are living on this side of the veil and the child is now on the other side? That is a very good question. There's always a relative there that's ready to take... uh, Take the child, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles. Oh, I see. Whoever. And how do you how do you get the angels to actually make the transition? They do that on their own. Back at back in um, two thousand four, when I had that angel visit me mm-hmm. and tell me that I'd be waking up as a as a medium and being able to communicate, see, hear, smell ghosts and or spirits, <coughs> excuse me, John, I call him John, he decided to stay with me. And just by a fluke, I was over at a friend's house one day and a friend of hers came, came in with her husband. And when I was looking at the husband, I mm-hmm. saw this like person, but it was like a... a he was uh, like a shadow of a person, but I can make out his face. And he was in back of this person. And then he stuck his head around the corner to look at me and came back. And I was like, whoa, what was that? And I talked to my spirit guy, Thomas, about it. And he said, oh, that's just a, that's a ghost. That's a test to this guy. Well, this husband was on the verge of divorce. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, uh, a really awful, terrible person. He didn't treat anybody nice. He, he didn't treat his wife good at all. Uh, he was always angry. and He was drinking too much, doing all sorts of stuff. <clears throat> and I asked Thomas, I go, is this from that ghost? And he says, yeah, we think so. So I got my angel John down here, and I said, we got to get that thing off of him. And that's the first one I actually... Um, had my angel pull off, literally reach over, pull off the ghost from this uh, husband, take him in a bear hug, and then I saw him go up through the ceiling into the, the the tunnel, the light, whatever you want to call it. But then he takes, they always take the spirits, I'm sorry, the ghost, over to purgatory and they drop them off. All right, stand by, um, Paul. You and I have to take our first break. Exonation Paul Rogers is our guest. His website is www.pgrparanormal.com. And Paul and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
Paul Rogers is my guest, Exxon Nation, www.pgrparanormal.com. All right, so your angel yanked this ghost and brought the ghost through the ceiling and dropped him off in purgatory. Yes, wow. he went through the tunnel of light. Hmm. I guess halfway through the, through there, there's like an opening on the left, and that's yeah. where they pop in. That's purgatory, and that's where they drop them off. How many times do you help these people cross, Paul? Uh, pretty much every day. Wow. I've been doing it since uh, 2004. And that's a lot of people. Using angels. And... Uh, during the times when I started getting into homes that had more ghosts and more ghosts, we mm -hmm. started having more angels come down and be part of the team. Right now I have 12. You have 12 angels as part of your team? Yes. They're carry-on angels. They're carry-on angels. What I, I do. Okay. Carry-on. Carry-on? Carry-on. Anyway, what happens is that when somebody calls me to the house and I'm having problems with ghosts, mm -hmm. I walk in. And I've trained myself to feel the negativity from the ghost in the room. So I'll walk around in each room and I'll feel the negativity and I'll call out one of my angels' names and tell them to take the ghost and they cross over. Once the angel crosses over and drops the ghost off, mm -hmm. they come back and then I give them more to do. How long like does that take? Pardon me? How long does it take for the angel to drop the ghost off? Eh, anywhere from a few seconds up to 10 seconds. Really? It depends how big the ghost is. You mean ghosts come in different sizes? Well, the ghosts I see, I see two types of ghosts. One of them I call a shadow ghost. That's mm -hmm. my wording. Uh, it's a six-foot-tall ghost, and they look like the Grim Reaper to me. Right. I know all mediums see you know ghosts differently. And the other one I see is about three feet tall, and they hang around in closets and cabinets because they're cowards and only come out at night. Now, are these ghosts, uh, you know, remnants of those who were alive on this world before? Yes. Hmm. Yes, all of them. Do you, they do uh, have the ability to morph into something scarier or more intense when they're inside a house, they like to take control and try to scare the person into almost like a possession. So is it the ghosts that people misidentify as demons? I don't think it's misidentified. I think it's just what the person sees. That's the best way to describe it. Personally, I've never seen a real demon but I sure as hell have experience with some really, really bad ghosts. I've been attacked a few times. How can a ghost attack someone when, when they have no physical mass? Uh, again, that's a very, very good question. The first time I was attacked, I was in a house, a 100-year-old house, mm -hmm. and there was a husband and wife in there, and they'd been... Uh, harassed by this one ghost for six years. I don't know how they put up with it. They said a couple times a week for six years, this shadow ghost would attack the wife at night in bed and start choking her. And when she would wake up her husband, the ghost would jump over to the husband and start choking him out. 
so they, they called me up, and I went out there to, to uh, confront this shadow ghost, which right. I did. And like Peter says, don't be afraid of them. I walked right up to it, and I said, you got to go. My angels are going to take you. And all of a sudden, I got hit with dizziness, weakness, and nausea. And my uh, spirit guide, Thomas, was yelling at me, get away from them, get away, get away. So I turned and headed for the front door, which put me about 20 feet away from the ghost. And all of a sudden, I started feeling better. So, that was the, so it was more or less a psychological attack. Yeah, or physical. I mean, I got nauseous, dizzy. Yeah, but what do you think caused never, what do you think caused the dizziness or the nausea? It's just something that ghosts do. To, to explain it, I, I'm sorry, I cannot really explain okay. how they do things. I just know what I felt and what had happened. Pretty much, but. I had my angels grab him and haul him over to purgatory, and the family said that they were able to actually sleep through the night for once. They didn't have this thing around attacking them all the time. Why do you think they waited so long to do something about this ghost that apparently was attacking them? Uh, Apparently they did have some paranormal groups go in there, but there was nothing they could do. They even had a priest come in and uh, bless the whole house, and it didn't work. So they kind of felt like there was nobody who could help them. And, and how, did you, how, did you, how did you find out about these people? Oh, they saw my website, and they, oh, I they contacted me. Oh, gotcha. How do you know when someone has an actual paranormal problem, or they just like the attention? You mean the uh, client likes the attention? Yeah. Um, I've never experienced that. Uh, everybody I've gone to, um, I'm like the last ditch effort. They're they're so so frustrated and angry, and they want to get rid of this thing. Mm-hmm. And by the time they find me, it's gotten really bad. And so I come in with my angels and we clean out the whole house. All right. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. Excuse me. You're a lay person. You're not a member of the clergy. Am I correct? That's correct. Okay. So a priest who is a a member of the established clergy comes in, and he cannot exercise the house or get rid of the, the ghost. Right. How come you can? How come he, the priest doesn't have the ability to use angels like you do? I have no idea. I don't know why they don't use angels. I've heard of some people calling out to to uh, Michael to come down and get rid of angels. But uh, I, I've always been an outside-of-the-box thinker mm-hmm. and figuring things out. You know, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. I know a lot of groups out there, and they're doing really good work Uh figure it out if there's a ghost in the house or not. But personally, I've gone back to too many houses mm-hmm. where they were smudged and nothing worked. 
and I come in with my angels, and, you know, and they physically grab the ghost and haul him over to the other side. Okay. Um, so is this the typical fight between good and evil? I think so. I definitely think so. There's a lot of evil people, evil people on this earth that decide that uh, they don't want to cross over. They'd rather stay here and make make more mayhem and and uh, get into somebody's house and create a lot of uh, dissension and stuff. Yeah, that's their power. They like doing it. Where does where does religion fall into the into the entire ghost aspect? You know, um, we hear of the priests getting involved, and we hear about angels, and we hear about, you know, demons, the negative aspects. But where does this right. where where does this where does this actually stand when it comes to religious philosophy? Um, boy, that's a really good question. I'm, by the way, Catholic. Okay. And so, you know, they beat they beat into us about the devil and demons mm-hmm. and you shouldn't do this and, you know, the Ten Commandments and all that stuff. Right. So, uh, I think, well, from what I've read, the history of Catholicism is that they used to use this, this kind of uh, stories and stuff, demons and whatever, to scare people into, you know, doing the right thing. Right. Being yeah. a decent person. Don't be sinning. Okay, so, so do you... That's just my opinion. All right, so in your opinion, does one's religious philosophical beliefs have anything to do with their home being haunted or having paranormal activity occurring in it, or it just happens to no. whoever? In my opinion, no. No. So, I get a lot of people asking me, how did I get a ghost in my house? Mm-hmm. Well, there's several ways. It could be the land. Maybe there was, you know, something happened. People died, and the ghosts are still hanging around. Um, if you yourself are an alcoholic or a drug addict, these ghosts who are also addicted to that, will fa- find you, follow you, and come into the house. And once you get a ghost in your house, it's like cockroaches. You'll get another and another and another, and pretty soon it's a big party house. Interesting. Stand by, Paul. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Paul Rogers is our guest this hour. He is a psychic medium. He is also a paranormal investigator. You can find out more about Paul on his website at www.pgrparanormal.com. Paul and I will return after the news as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology right here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
Paul Rogers is our guest this hour, www.pgrparanormal.com. Paul, when it comes to investigating hauntings and paranormal activity, what was your first large investigation? <clears throat> that was at the Las Parisima uh, Mission out here in California, up by uh, north of Santa Barbara. And can you share it with us, what you, what you did during your investigation? Yeah, I, I went there with some friends of mine and Peter's. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I drove all the way up there, and it's a mission out in the middle of nowhere. Um, as I was to find out later, um, apparently all the padres that were there are priests. Yes. And they had a lot of Indians. They had a lot, this, is, this is in the history books. They had a lot of Indians working for them. And um, they kept them as slaves. <clears throat> they actually, if, if you, when, when you look at my website, you can actually see a picture of it. I took one picture of it. But you could see um, pictures of the windows had bars over them, and the doors were iron gates. And they... Um, they worked these Indians to death, doing all sorts of stuff, kept them as slaves. Well, mm-hmm. one day they all got mad and said, hell with this. And they came up and, and you know, and, and got mad at the priests and they kicked them out and they took over the whole thing. Well, the priests started walking and came across the Mexican army because at the time California was still part of Mexico. The soldiers went up to the mission and killed 500 Indians. Oh, geez. Now, in front of the front door of the uh, mission mm-hmm. is a wall that goes in like a U-shape with the two entrances. Inside that whole wall interior is where the 500 Indians are buried. The place is severely haunted, obviously, with, you know, Indian ghosts and stuff. I did, I did manage to talk to uh, a chief who was there, and he said uh, they were uh, they were having trouble, you know, feeding their families and yes, you know, and um, and when you say you were able to speak to a chief, you mean you were able to speak to spirit, his spirit. Yes. Okay. Yes, because I'm a medium. I communicate with them and. Uh, when they talk to me, I hear them just like I'm talking to you. It's just a big old conversation. Anyway, he said he was led there to believe that uh, the, the priest would help them out and, you know, give them food and water and all this. Instead, the priests and the soldiers took them all in and made slaves out of them. Now, how did they react once they were, you know, they were all massacred? And have they taken out any revenge in spirit towards anyone who goes to the um, to the location? Uh, not that I know of. I don't know of anything like that. Um, when I was there, I was not attacked. I just kept running into ghost after ghost after ghost all over the place. And, even, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, me and my two friends, we even hit upon a uh, imprint. We were walking up the 
is at the east, east side of the building mm-hmm. on the sidewalk. And we came in between the buildings. There is a large uh, entryway. It's really, really big. And we were standing there talking, and all of a sudden, right up to my left, there was a loud bang and a big flash of light, like a gunshot. We all hit the deck. We all went right down on the ground. And we're sitting there looking around, and I'm looking around, and everybody's going, what the hell was that? Yeah. So I got up, and I ran, I ran down the hallway to the other side because I figured somebody was shooting at us. There was nobody there. So I came back to my friends and I said, Do you see anybody? And they said, No, there's nobody there. We figured it was some imprint from hundreds of years ago that decided to pop through. It was really loud, too. So, do these spirits just make themselves known to people who? believe in the paranormal or do they also make themselves known to non-believers as well? Both. Oh, they'll make themselves known to me. They just walk right up to me and I see them. I'll start talking to them. What's the... Especially with spirits. Yeah. You know, when I go to go to do a reading, uh, the spirits will come right in and what I do is I will start describing the person and I'll ask my clients, Hey, is this somebody, you know, and, uh, they usually say, yes, it is. And, and then we started with the reading and the spirit will send me pictures of, of objects and items and stuff. And I'll describe them to the client. It's up to them to figure it out. Mm-hmm. They also show me pictures and, uh, they also show me, um, I don't know if you remember the old uh, eight millimeter millimeter movies. Yeah, sure do. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. It's like a eight millimeter movie in my head. Now, the, what what type of messages do the spirits want you to relay to those who come to you for your your work as a medium? The main the main thing is they want to tell them they're okay that they're fine. They crossed over and made it. A lot of people are really concerned about that. They want to make sure the relatives have crossed over into heaven and are safe and sound and are doing okay. Have you ever had a client who's come to you to make, make contact with a spirit on the other side and that spirit wants nothing to do with them? Yes. How do you handle that? (laughs) Yes. I, I'm a very honest person. I just tell them, I'm sorry, so-and-so doesn't want to have any contact with you. They're not coming over. Mm-hmm. So I could do a reading. Instead, they're staying on the other side, and they, they don't want to talk to you. They want nothing to do with you or something. Let me give you a hypothetical um, situation. I come and see you to make communication with my departed grandmother or my departed uncle. Unbeknownst to me, they've reincarnated. What happens in a case like that? Uh, what happens is, and this just has happened to me a couple of times, where okay. we try to find somebody, it turns out they have reincarnated. Um, 
in the room itself with the clients. If nobody shows up, I will send my angels out and say, go find so-and-so. And they have the ability to find out if he's reincarnated or not. They'll come back and tell me. And then I'll tell the people, I'm sorry, he's reincarnated. There's no way to get a hold of him. But isn't reincarnation frowned upon by many of the religious philosophies? And if reincarnation is frowned upon, I, I believe it is by the Catholic Church as well as the, the Anglican Church, why would the angels get involved in something that is contrary to the canons of the Bible? Well, the, the angels are actually with me. And I believe in reincarnation. So it's my beliefs that are kind of interjected with them, and they know what they can do and not do, and how far they can take it. Yeah, you're right. A lot of religions don't believe in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do. But why would the angels listen to you or use your belief system and not the heavenly belief system in which reincarnation doesn't exist? What gives you, what, you know, what power do you have over them? I don't, I don't have any power over them. Okay. They're angels, but we've developed a system where I work with my team, mm -hmm. with the angels, and we go into a house, and the main thing is to get the ghosts out of there so the families can have a, a peaceful house. You know, so they go to bed and not feel like they're going to be attacked or anything. Yeah, I, I understand That's that. Right. I, I understand that. But, what, but we were talking about when somebody comes to you as a medium and they want a reading. And, you know, you, you tell the, the angels to go find this person. And if the person right. is found by the angels to be reincarnated, they come back and report that to you. And my question was, why would an angel do something that is against the heavenly tenants? And you said it's because they work with you. And right. I was just trying to figure out why an angel would work with a mortal going against what is not accepted in, in the Bible. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a minute to think about that, okay? Because we've got to take okay. our final break. ExoNation, Paul Rogers is our guest for this hour. His website is www.pgrparanormal.com. That's www.pgrparanormal.com. Oh, my goodness. Still to come on tonight's show, Charles Hull will be talking to us about walking with the tall whites. Charles used to be a member of the United States Air Force in an area restricted right beside Area 51. I believe it's Area 52. And he's going to share with us some of the encounters that he had with visitors from space. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, will continue on the other side of this break with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
Welcome back, everyone. Paul Rogers is my special guest, www.pgrparanormal.com. And once again, I'd like to say hello to our newest broadcast affiliate on the Exxon TV channel, and that's HDTV55 in Los Angeles, California. All right, Paul, so the question was, you, somebody comes to you and they ask you for a reading, a communication right. with somebody from the other side. You can't contact them. You get your angels to go look for them. The angels come back to you and say, the person's been reincarnated. And you give that information to, I would imagine, the person who's asking the questions. Why would the angels work with you? And I'm not taking anything away from you here, Paul. Nothing at all. Why would they work with a mortal? to do something that is against what their heavenly realm says does not exist, being reincarnation. Well, looking in, in the... Sorry, looking in the big picture of yeah. this whole thing. Okay. Okay. Um, when we started doing this, I got on the internet and I started looking around to see if anybody else was doing that. And I can find nobody else who was utilizing angels to get rid of ghosts. In the, the grand scheme of this, what I'm doing, the big picture, mm -hmm. what the angels agreed and I agreed is that we want to get these ghosts out of here. Get them to cross over. The way I feel about a ghost is that they were living on this earth one time or another. Yes. And so I see that as that's God's children. And they need to go home. They need to go see, let's say, go see dad. So I help. We all help get these ghosts out, out of people's homes and to the other side. So the other side being heaven? Yes. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes and no, to be honest with you. <laughs> and here's where I'm having a bit of a problem with it. I, I've never heard of somebody using or having the ability to have angels go look around wherever angels can to find out someone has been reincarnated when by every stretch of the imagination, angels should not believe, or based on what I understand anyway, that a person can be reincarnated. And if the angel does believe that a person could be reincarnated, how do we know, in fact, that that entity is a real angel and not a spirit guide? Well, an angel is created by God. A spirit guide is someone who has lived on this earth at least once. And you ask. But you see, you, you using, using, your very, using your logic, where you said, well, you know, we're all created by God, that spirit guide was also created by God, right? Yes. 
So once again, how do we know that the, the angel that you believe to be angels are not spirit guides? I guess that's, how, do, how, do, how can you identify them as angels? Uh, okay. Uh, I've seen them. What do they look like? That, that is really hard to describe. Uh, when I see them, it's like a huge, bright ball of pure white light. And then I can see their head, their face. I can make that out at least. Mm-hmm. And they do have wings, very, very large wings. You mean like in the pictures that were painted by the great masters? Yes. Cool. And, <laughs> you know, and, and are they tall? Are they small? Are they male? Are they female? Uh, they have no gender. They're not male or female or anything, but uh, they have the ability to expand themselves or shrink themselves down. Because hmm. their energy and you know it kind of fluctuates. But I asked uh, my main angel once, John. I said, "How big are you really?" And he expanded himself up. He was about ten feet tall, and with his uh, wings spread out from tip to tip, was probably another twenty feet. Hmm. He was huge. So, what do these angels do when they're not working with you? Uh, they hang around me all the time because uh, literally every day we're uh, crossing ghosts over. I, I can't even go to the store without crossing somebody over or even to the Seven Eleven or the gas station. What do the member, you know, have you discussed this, your, your angels with any members, member of the clergy? And if so, what do they say? No, I never have. I've never discussed it with them. Hmm. I don't see any need in it. I, I have my angels. I know who they are. I have faith in them, and we all trust each other. And the job gets done, and and uh, in evidence that the houses we go into and clean out, that people call me back and say, oh, my God, it's so wonderful now. There's nothing going on. My kids are fine. I can sleep at night. Is it is it possible is it possible that some of these people are actually the re, you know their reactions are part of a placebo effect where they actually believe that something has happened therefore it gives them peace of mind which in itself is a good thing yes it is a good thing yeah it is but that, what, like I mentioned before, the houses I go into mm-hmm. are, are just so bad. I mean, I've been in houses where kids have been attacked and they have bruises and scratches and all sorts of stuff. And after I've been there and cleaned it out, all that stuff stops. But but have you seen the, the spirit or the ghost actually causing the bruises and the scratches? How do you know it's not one of the parents who were doing it? Happened. So we're coming, we're coming to the end of the, uh, end of the hour. And first of all, I want to thank you so much for joining us. But what would you like to share with the listening audience tonight of the Exonation? What are your final thoughts? 
Oh. Well, first of all, Rob, thank you for having me on your program. Oh, it's my I pleasure. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. And you are uh, an exceptional uh, person. You're, you've asked me a lot of questions that nobody else ever has. Well, I'll and I appreciate that. You know, it keeps me on my toes. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. And, you know, I try to ask the questions that I think that people listening would want to ask you if they had the opportunity. Yes. You know, it's everybody has their own way when it comes to dealing with the paranormal. The other day I had a gentleman on from uh, a, a ghost research investigation team, and he does not believe that ghosts or spirits have the ability to cause harm. There are others I've had on who believe that demons are real and they have exercised demons. So there are two different ways. And then you tonight shared with us that you work with the angels who assist you in making those who need the transition from this realm to heaven work. So there are so many different things in this world that we do not know. And it's like having people like you on the show that when the information is shared, the listener can make up their own mind and their own belief. And I want to thank you so much for joining us, Paul. It's always a great pleasure talking to you. Continued success, and please give my best to the angels. I sure will. Thank you very much. My pleasure, sir. And Exonation, if you'd like more information about our guest this hour... Paul Rogers, visit his website, www.pgrparanormal.com. That's www.pgrparanormal.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Don't go away. 